You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. The Flame Central Podcast, powered by Alcoba Mortgage, has hit the road. We are in Arizona. Unbelievable. We're hot. Go Flames! We got some Flames fans <laughs> in the We're background. We're hot on a run, baby. We're I mean, hot on a run. We might have to make this podcast last until the sunset because oh, I, you guys can't see. But there are beautiful, beautiful rock beautiful. mountains. Not rock rocks. formations. Yeah. I mean, All the, uh, what's it, is, it called? The Camelback Mountain. We're at right? the Camelback that, We're at the Camelback Inn. I'm, yeah, so that could be. That's I think that's yeah. right okay. where they got the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see it. Hump. One hump, two hump. I see it. <laughs> Well, the number eight Oregon Ducks are set Full to face. Full water in those humps. You know they say that. Yeah. A lot of water in those two humps right there. Well, Arizona trivia. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's not a lot of water out here. Not game day yet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're not talking yeah. about the game until the next podcast. I think we're going to be in the middle of the pep rally yes. for the next one. But let's, let's just w- let's just live in the moment, you guys. Yeah, let's go. Stay in the you moment. Know, yeah. Stay in the moment. We're having such a great time. It's absolutely beautiful weather out here in Arizona. Joe Yock made the trip today. I couldn't find my sunglasses in the bag. A new pair no. of sunglasses for Christmas. Uh, I went and searched, couldn't find them. Yeah, see, that's why people don't buy you expensive things. Yeah, yeah good point. Because you can't even find we them We got my anymore. Flames hat on, baby. Yeah. Let's go! Uh, thanks so much for listening or yeah. watching. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. Let's talk about the drama that was for the Flames to get to Arizona. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. I just found out about this. Yeah. Matt just told me about yeah. this. Where have you been, Joe? I know. Well, he's I been know. having his own travel uh, <laughs> issues. But, yeah, Liberty Not planning ideal. to fly out of Lynchburg. Yeah. Then the bad weather, folks back there know what it was like uh, yesterday, forced them to, the planes couldn't land in Lynchburg to pick them up. So the team had to then drive to Richmond to get there. And so they're trying to get transportation. It was just a mess. Finally yeah. got there. Ended up getting in much later than they expected here to Arizona. The Marachi band went home. They went home. They're like, I'm they're, out. I mean, they're it on it. way past my bedtime. Hourly rate. Yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're like, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the instruments don't play they had past a birthday 10 party to go to. Uh, and so, yeah, they left. But, so, yeah, they got in much later than they expected. It was a much longer travel day than expected. But. Yeah. I think just being out here in this weather and being there at practice right. with the Flames today, like, right. how, how could this not get you fired up? Yeah, yeah, I mean, just being out here right now, beautiful. Every good bull win comes overcoming a little bit of adversity. They got it early. You got yeah. your adversity early. They, they got it out no, of the way. The Flames are no stranger to the adversity, you know, hitting them this year. So I have no doubt we will overcome it. Um, the vibe here. I think people are just still arriving. Yeah, right. So, so we're gonna the par- we are the party. The right. vibe's building. The party the, the is, right is here. The vibe's right building. Now, yeah. you know, you got you got Matt Warner bolts from practice again. Yeah. No one cares about the actual game. Matt Warner's like Joe Yock has landed. Right. I'm out. The that's why. He, that's why he's called a good partner right, right there. I got you. I mean, we were we were texting back and forth. It was like seamless transition. I had to actually pull Boom. him away. There was I, I was looking for him. You know, I'm pulling up. I'm looking for. There's a small crowd. I'm like, what is that crowd? What's yeah. the getting? And they were surrounding Joe Yock. A lot of yeah. people saying like, Hey, yeah. can I get pre-approved? Like, you know, you know, Autographs. what does that look like? Autographs. There was a lot going on. You guys are so dumb. I qualify for? Right. Right. You know, what's my monthly gonna be? Yeah. A lot I of those mean, standard stuff. I mean, if you live in Arizona, where we are, you have to qualify for a lot. I mean, these homes out we, the, here. A couple more can get its Arizona license. We don't have a problem with <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, we I, can we can take care yeah. of the folks of Arizona. Yeah. I don't know how people can afford to live in some of these homes. It's like built into the mountains. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool. But um, so 
The first, uh, actually, media availability today was the Flames offense. So we talked to Willie Korn, Newland Isaac, Caden Salter, Quentin Cooley, Bentley Hanshaw, and Xavier Gadlin, and CJ Daniels. Yeah. So that was nice. You could tell the guys were, like, a little tired, but I think that everybody's going to, you know, the vibe, like you said, is building. It's building. So um, a lot of confidence coming out of that room. I think that the Flames offense They're feels like it confident? can, you know, like it feels like it can hang because it is such a unique scheme that it is difficult. You know, Quentin Cooley was saying, I have a hard time understanding this. I'm like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, wait, no, no, that's your job. Uh, yeah. He's done an okay job. Yeah, yeah he's done a season, good job. But... Uh, Willie Korn, yeah, and that's one thing he said. He's like, listen, they haven't, and speaking of Oregon, very good defense. And he bragged on how athletic they are and, and how good they are. But he's like, they also haven't seen an offense that does what we do. Mm-hmm. Like, they just haven't run into that before. So while they've had some time to prepare for it, and you get almost a month here, you know, they still haven't seen an offense like us before, so we feel like that's a little bit of a competitive advantage in that regard. The other thing that was interesting Willie Korn said was, I asked him, you know, is it your natural tendency as a coach, and Joe, you could probably speak to this, when you get so much time to prepare now for a game, almost a month, is it your natural tendency to start going, ooh, you know what, maybe we could add a little of this, and we could do yeah. a little of that. Add into and, wrinkles. And, yeah, and, wrinkles. And that maybe Wrinkle sometimes package. you, package. you yeah. kind of lose focus or could on, what makes you you right. and what makes you so good in the first place? And that's something that Willie Korn talked about. It's like, yeah, it's it's easy to go, oh, wow, this team did this against them and had a little success. What if we – but at the end of the day, you have to be really good at what right. you do well. And so you say right. it's a balance of adding some stuff but also making sure we're dialed in at what got Liberty here in the first place. Being true what, to yourself. What, yeah. what made them the Who top rushing team in the country, what got them to 13-0. and 0. Like, you have to make sure we're dialed into what we do well and then see if there's some little wrinkles that you could throw sure. in there that they haven't seen before. Yeah, I think I think what you what they end up doing is they're going to game plan the way they've always game planned, right? And so they're going to look at Oregon's defense, and we talked a little bit about this. You shared off camera that you look for the chinks in the armor. Where are the chinks in the armor? There isn't a lot of chinks. No, <laughs> there no, a, they're, no. they're, Oregon's pretty solid across yeah. the board. But what Liberty does such a good job of is taking the best players and what Willie Korn builds his offense around is putting the, putting those best players in conflict, mm-hmm. making them, not just allowing them to pin their ears after and go after, they make them think in a lot of different ways. So, so I think they'll continue to do that. I think from the wrinkle standpoint of what you're getting at, the one part about wrinkles is if you're going to use some of them, bowl games are a great place to use them. Where you see more of the wrinkles being used, I think, and it is the best place to use wrinkles, is in special teams. Mm. So mm. If, if you've been practicing, every special team is field fake field goal, fake yeah, punt, right. something like, something of that aspect, because you've been practicing that stuff all year, and you hit it, you know, um, oh, I went to the, to the uh, UNC West Virginia game, and West Virginia, you think, okay, they're getting ready to kick a 35-yard field goal. Bam, fake field goal. They yeah. run it down to the three-yard line. So it's all those little things that that they practice along the way that I think have the opportunity to use in a game like this, especially for Liberty because they're big underdogs. The, the right. other thing, though, about Liberty is, like, you go into some of these games where, you, where you'll see teams almost gimmick themselves out of the game. Right. Because they're, like, we're, they feel so maybe they lack confidence that they can go just head up and compete that they start doing all this goofy stuff they don't normally sure. do, and they – I mean, they play themselves out of the game with that. I don't think Liberty's that no. way because I do feel like Liberty, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is confident they can move the football and they can find success with what they do. Right. And so I don't have the fear as much with them of they're going to try to throw the kitchen sink at it and end up turning the ball over right. on some double reverse pass. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't get that vibe from them and just knowing this coaching staff a little bit. I think they're confident enough in what we do well 
we can do against anyone that we play. And I think that's kind of their mindset going into this one. Yeah. How much do you think we're going to see, like, what we've seen all season long with the mixing in C.J. Daniels, Quentin Cooley, versus Caden Salter's just scrambling because he's ha he's seeing a defense yeah. that he hasn't seen before in terms of talent yeah, and I speed mean, and size and right. all of that. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be some of that. But yeah. the bottom line is Liberty is – what this game comes down to, like, if are we doing keys to the game yet or do we want to break well, it? Well, don't give oh, everything yeah. away. Well, you the get into We'll save all of our predictions and stuff for the yeah, next well, Yeah, well, I think what this game comes down to is, you know, you look at Oregon, which is the number 11 rushing defense in the nation. Liberty the number one rushing offense in the nation. Yeah. That's what this game comes down to. And yeah. I've always said this since day one, after watching, not since day one, but after seeing Liberty play for a few weeks, if they can run the ball in between the tackles, they almost become unstoppable. And I still believe that. And yeah. I think that Oregon, obviously their defense is going to be really good, but when you're, 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 you're the, I don't care who you play, when you're the leading rushing team in the nation, yeah. right, and you're averaging what they're averaging, and if you can run the ball in between the tackles, I think Liberty, that's going to be what keeps in this football game. So it goes back to Matt's point. I don't think you're going to stay in the game by being gimmicky. You're going to stay in this game by doing what you've always mm -hmm. done, and that's run the ball between the tackles, which then sets everything else up. So that's where this game is going to be won and lost. And yeah. on that note, speaking of Oregon, because, again, I do feel like it's so natural to just think of them as a big offense, right, just because of their history. Mm -hmm. You think of the Mariotas and all the great offensive yeah. players that they've had. But this is a defense under Dan Lanning. They lead the Pac-12 in, in scoring defense, just over 17 points per game they give up. But to your point, Oregon's held eight of its last 11 opponents under 100 yards rushing. There it is. That's Ooh. it. That's your game. That's it. Yeah. Because if yeah. we believe that this has, for Liberty to have a chance, this has to be a game in which it's a little bit more high scoring, where it has to become a little bit of a shootout, like, that's, that's the stat and, right there. And I think, too, you also brought the point up earlier of, you know, what they do to teams in the first quarter by jumping out on them. Yeah. I think this is one of those games where if they're doing what they're doing to be able to stop the run that way, if Liberty can have success early, yeah. right? Like yeah. in those first years, I'm not necessarily saying you have to go down and score a touchdown every time, right? But if you can run the ball and be like, dang, you, you, you catch their attention. Yeah. Like, these guys can play. These yeah. guys are good. They can run the football. Yeah. If you just get into a little bit of a, you know, Rocky Balboa plug, plug match with them on that, then you're going to give yourself a chance. So I think I think that's the message. The, the better that Liberty plays early, mm -hmm. with especially running the football, is going to dictate a lot of the game. And and that the stat you mentioned, Oregon fourth in the nation in first quarter point differential, meaning yeah. they jump on people. And you can't like you go back Oregon when they played USC, Bo Nix's first two pass attempts. Went for 77-yard touchdown right. and an 84-yard touchdown. You can't – like, that's what you, you can't have. Right. Like, you cannot have. You cannot get down like that early on. And I, and I think, too, that, that defensively when you get on the other side of the ball, it's like Oregon's going to score, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to score, okay? Right. That's the reality. The question is how hard, difficult is how it? How do they – how if, long if, does it take? They, how hard if, is it? Yeah. If it's really, really easy, okay – that's going to put Liberty in a tough spot. But if they have to move the ball down the field and they're running a lot of plays and then Liberty gets a ball and they're running a lot of plays, that's when you'll get into a good game. Then you start hoping as the game goes on, hey, make them run a lot of plays. The more plays they run, the more opportunity there is to become a turnover. And that's what Liberty's done such a good job of. So that big part of it is, like, how difficult is it for them offensively? They're going to score, but how difficult yeah. does Liberty's defense make it? Another thing that I thought was interesting coming from the offensive press conferences this morning, Newland Isaac was like, hey, we can't like imitate these pl like players on defense. Like right. we don't have six six linemen and like six four corners and stuff like that. So we're using our scout team to just make sure they're in the right positions. 
in order to see what we're going up against because you can't yeah you can't, can't replicate, replicate their size no. like it's just it's just such a different team in terms of that athletic ability and size so hopefully that will be good enough um we'll see and, and kind of off that same point like the other side and we'll talk to the defensive guys tomorrow but you can't replicate Bo Nix right like you and yeah. I were talking before this Bo Nix is probably the best quarterback, not only Liberty's faced this year, but Liberty, the program, has ever faced. Yeah. He's like the maybe best the best offensive player. And only had five faced. sacks. Yeah. On right. And you know. was only sacked five times all year. <laughs> and and he's, you know, two touchdowns behind the single-season touchdown record at Oregon. It's there so He's 309 great. yards away from the single-season yardage record. So he's motivated. Blah, 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 blah. blah. But like, no, so like he he is that. And we're still trying to figure right. out how to get Bo Nix COVID. Yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, he's just kidding. Put the COVID on yeah. somebody. Well, you know, yeah, I, no, I get no COVID schmoving. Yeah. He is, uh, but he is that good. Yeah. He is that good. I know. And that, that is going to be That's a, gonna a be... challenge. Now, their, their top receiver, you talk about opt-outs, and we wondered, that was the big question. Like five minutes after we saw Liberty's logo pop up next to Oregon's, we're all like, you think Bo Nix would sit down? Yeah. Uh, they do have some guys opting out. Their center, who won, won the Remington Trophy, like he's he won the Remington. Trophy. Yeah, so best center in college football. Yeah, not so that's, playing. That's, True that's, freshman will take his spot. Oh, and and hey, and, and, hey, and, 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 and a conversation <laughs> with an Oregon insider. I was talking with somebody today. Did you they, look around? They when you said, said I did. I don't want to make sure. I, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, it said everyone has. Stu- <laughs> this place was completely yeah. packed when we set up. And we started. It was it was shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> And then we it looked started, kind of like college game day. And, yeah. and look yeah. at it now. Yeah. We have a long way to go, boys. But my insider tells <laughs> me. We need that one guy with the sign that just walks across. That was guy. our start. Yeah. yeah. That's powered how, by. That's powered the beginning by. of the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the my gosh. But, you couldn't find anyone to do that, no. Joe. Yeah, I know. He needs to pay. He misspelled. Sorry, he misspelled. Yeah. He actually didn't make a sign. He yeah. just misspelled Alcoba. Yeah. My inside source tells me that the true freshman center that we play that one issue he has is snapping the football. He's had some trouble snapping the ball. That's something he's even said he's struggling with. So, for a team that doesn't turn the ball over in Oregon, doesn't make a lot of mistakes at all on the offensive side, that is one thing to watch the snaps and just, like, because that can throw off, obviously, a bad snap. That's huge. But even just slower than normal snaps, even just a little to the side, a little low at the feet, can throw off the timing between Bo Nix and his receivers. So, that is going to be something that's kind of, like, you don't really think about going into the game, it's something to kind of keep an eye on. And the other thing, too, is what it would be interesting to see how Liberty decides schematically to face Oregon because when you have a center who's a you know that type of Remington Trophy yeah. award-winning center, he's making all the calls on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going up, he's pointing out who's the mic, he's getting the shifts when the D-line, and so, like, there's a lot, there's so much communication on the offensive line. Like, now you've got a true freshman in there. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see what does Skylar McGee on the defensive line, Kyle Krantz, do? Do they move a lot of people pre-snap, try to do some confusion with them to get them thinking more? So it'll be interesting to see a little bit of a cat and mouse game there with that that yeah, side of the you, football. And, and like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like you have so much time right. to, yeah. to like decide what game plan you're going after and all that. So it's just and it can be your best friend to have that time to feel really confident and prepared, but then you could be, like, second-guessing yourself and all of that. So, I don't know. But one thing, I talked to a lot of the guys this morning, everyone's pretty much healthy. The guys who will be opting out um, for sure is Preston Preston Hodge. Preston Hodge and Jonathan Bennett. And Jonathan Bennett are are both not um, playing. But 
It'll be interesting to see who who will suit up and, and, and play. Hodges because is a loss. That's a big loss. We've yeah. talked about him a lot this year and what yeah. he became, especially mm-hmm. in the second half of the season. So that is that is a pretty big loss in the back end. But you defense. just need guys to step up. I mean, they've like the defense has made those plays that they the Flames have needed them to make each and every game. They're definitely going to need yeah. to make. Here's them a question for you, Monday. Joe. If you were to have to identify the one guy on the Liberty defense that you feel like is the most critical. Or if Liberty is going to yeah. score an upset, this guy has to play bigger than maybe what we've typically seen. Is there a guy in that defense that you would circle? Yeah, I mean, I think you know you have your standard, you have your standard stars that always got to play yeah. well. Like on the back end, the secondary, Brian Green is going to have to play really well. Yeah. Like he's a game-changing yeah. player. Um, I think you know what Tyron Tyron Dupree has done this year. He is going to have to step it up and play really well. But if you were to go with like that guy, because they run the ball, they stretch the ball so TJ wide. Yeah, a TJ Bush, say. or yeah. what I'm thinking is is a Joe Carter type of guy. Yeah. Like if that guy has a 10, 12, 14 tackle, you know, game, then you know, you, like oh, and those other guys play real well because they're going to hit you inside, they're going to hit you outside. Those you have to have linebackers that are going to be extremely active in this in this offense. And he's the kind of guy that if Oregon's breaking down their side of the film, going. Yeah. They watch Dupree play. Watch it. Not uh, Joe Carter's had a great season, but where? Who are you going to go after? And so I think if he really steps up, that he could be a little bit. We could have another uns, unsung hero segment. Yeah. Well, oh, and, and you're, you said the guy I was <laughs> you thinking. Don't, you don't yeah. produce this thing, Joe. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Emily said Tyron Dupree. Tyron Dupree for unsung hero. No, and Caden Salter. Uh huh. And Caden Salter. Hello. And was I right? Thank you. Where'd this guy come from? Where'd this guy? Uh, but T.J. Bush was my yeah, thought. Yeah, T.J. Because, like, yeah. if there's one guy who you could see getting in there for, like, that strip sack, like, yeah. if anyone was going to do it, in my mind, it's probably T.J. Bush would yeah. be that guy. So he would be the guy that And, maybe... I mean, you're a freshman. Like, you have nothing to lose. Like, you're probably – you're starting at the top, playing in the Fiesta Bowl in your college career. Come out and just ball. Yeah. That's and, my... and I also think the guy who's really, you know, has stepped up when it counts most is Kobe Singleton. Kobe and, Singleton, and, and, yeah. I mean, that's a guy that – if, you know, they're almost, he got really good receivers. So he's going to find out, he's going to get a good indication yeah, how, how you know, he's, you're facing NFL type receivers. So. Right. Um, Willie Korn today at the press conferences was saying that his brother, uh, Colton, yeah. de- the uh, director of player personnel, they, they have like a, a system and I'm going to botch it. It's like, it's like by color coordinated yeah. and like blue and green are like NFL best playmakers, play, like playmakers yeah. and Disruptors. all that. And then to the bottom where it's like, yeah, you're going to be able to fool this guy. He's gray. Well, like, there's, there's, there's no gray. On, yeah. you know, there's, on no, this there's, there's no, like, here. obvious weakness. There's no weakness. Yeah. So I think that, you know, as much as uh, Oregon's offense is talked about, this defense is going to be pretty difficult. But, well, again, and, and that, you, hopefully, hopefully the offense yeah. is unique enough where – a month isn't you, enough to figure it out. Here's, here's a question. Yeah. Where do you think that, because, you know, in a lot of these bowl games, it gives these coaches, Liberty's going to, Liberty's coming in this thing, they're thinking one thing only, and that's figure out a way to win the football game. Right. Play our right. best guys to win the football game. A lot of these other schools, such as in Oregon, come to these bowl games thinking, hey, we're, we got to start looking towards next year and getting some of these young guys some quality yeah. reps. Do you think Oregon in a game like this will do that, or will they stick with just playing their best well, guys? I think they, from what I've heard, they may need to in some areas. Like they said, they have five scholarship receivers available. And one of those guys hasn't played much, but he was a fresh, he's a freshman who was one of the top receiver recruits in the country. So he he's expected to play more. So I think in some areas, yeah, they will do that. I just have necessity, necessity even right. because of, uh, like, even a defensive back there, a little, little light. Uh, they may have to do that there. But – 
in their minds, they're probably thinking, you know what? We'll be able to do that in the second half. Right. In their minds, they're probably thinking, we're going to be in a position after halftime where clear out the bench, we'll be able to get all those guys. I mean, I heard they're not even know? practicing this week. <laughs> That's what I heard. They just spent they're it all going in top say, They're yeah. like, Fiesta <laughs> We've been there four yeah. times. This is yeah. our fourth time. Is this their fourth time here? Fourth time to the Fiesta Bowl. So I, and I'm not saying that anybody told me this, but like they're walking around like, oh, we got to, this is, oh, we got to be at the Fiesta Bowl. Wait, wait, you're saying no one told you that? No or one saying told that? me that. Okay. So, you're conjecture. I'm making this up. Yeah. And no. You're literally I'm making this up. I'm just hoping. I'm just putting it out there yeah. in, in space, you know, for. Well, for... and we have something we talked about over a delicious media luncheon uh, earlier oh. today. Yeah, shout out exactly. to the Fiesta Bowl community. Yeah. They Unbelievable. are top notch. But something that we talked about that I feel like is so true each and every year in the bowl season is who's motivated? Yeah. That's such a big factor. Why who, would Oregon be motivated? Who wants to be there? And who is thinking about the game they should have been in, in their minds? You I'm know what I mean? I'm going to need God to like, just and, pause that sun placement right and, now. Yeah, that right. is absolutely perfect. perfect. There is a palm tree right now. Covering it has about up. 12 yeah. branches on it. Yeah. 11 would be too few. One of those is going few. right across her 13. face right <laughs> But, like, Oregon is thinking about, we keep hearing, oh, they were six points away from being in the playoff. Yeah. Well, guess what? You didn't win. I know. Either, you've done so this. Bye. You've done this already. already done Why do you have to okay, do that? Sorry, she so takes that so personal. I'm just like, saying, like, if like you, oh, we could have been, could have, should have, would have. You didn't. Bye. Why do you? It's always turned so Keep like, going, yeah, Keep just going. always <laughs> no. turned so, man, I don't. Anyway, if if that's their mindset, then yeah, then then they're they're not coming into this game fired on all cylinders and as focused as they should be. At the same time. Do you need everyone on that roster to be <laughs> as dialed in? You all right? Whoa, Sorry. Oh, whoa. I'm allergic to like, yeah. ridiculousness. Oh, gosh. Are we? This is good. <laughs> I got my uh, anger too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, just relax, Joe. I, don't, just I just sneeze. got over being Everyone sick. freaks out <laughs> with one sneeze. We are not six feet apart. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this is not, this is not social. And you, are, you do not have your double N45 mask on. I'm sorry. On. <laughs> I have a little congestion from the flight. You need a double mask. Anyway. Oh, my God. All that to say. You had some people <laughs> on your plane like that, to too, didn't you? All that to say. That Emily needs a it, triple mask. Emily needs a triple mask. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be interesting to see early on. Triple option. I think you'll find out early on just how motivated yes, and how, how focused Oregon is. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few of them walking around. You're making oh, all this stop. stuff. She hasn't seen out. anything. She hasn't seen anything. Um, so, spreading rumors. So tomorrow, like Matt said, we're going to talk to the defense, Liberty defense. Yep. Um, we might even slide in to talk to Bonex. I might have to have a little talk with yeah, him. Yeah, we may do that. We'll Just talk about, about yeah. You don't want to talk to him? No, we'll talk with Bo. Yeah, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll talk with Bo. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, so I need one of you guys to dig up the information on players getting hurt and the amount of money that they lose. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hey, Bo, were you aware? Don't you put that evil on me, yeah, Ricky yeah. Bobby. Yeah. Don't so you put that evil on me. I'm just starting out there. I'm just looking ahead for your future, Bo. I care about your success looking ahead, so you might want to sit this one out. Yeah. But anyways, um, the, the players are also going to be making wagons for the Girl Scouts. You know, they, like, wagons. have their wagons. Oh, they put oh on the yeah, wagons. Emily's really fired up about Wagons? That. Are you talking about work and trail? Like, yeah, okay. What do you think I was talking wagons. about? Wagons for the Girl Scouts. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys play that game growing up, though, for real? I used to always. Die of dysentery? Oh, I would always. Yeah, are you sure? Your wagon isn't going to be able to survive this river. Are you, you sure you it. want to continue? Always caulk it. Absolutely. I never ford the no river. Go big or go home, Never Oregon ford trailers. the river. Always caulk the wagon and float. <laughs> always. And then I may have single-handedly been the reason for the buffalo's demise as a species because I would just shoot every single one, and you can't carry that much weight back, you know, but i just kill them all. 
Oh I my gosh, wasted. Just wasted. wasted. I did not buffalo. use every part of the buffalo. That's for oh sure. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. No, they are making Girl Scout wagons. Yeah. Um, so that'll be really cool. They're they're practicing out at the Angels. Yeah. Uh, Angels spring training complex. Yeah, their spring training complex, which is beautiful. So that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Stay tuned on all like our Flames accounts. We're also uh, going to be talking with an Oregon beat writer yep. that uh, we can run that in the next podcast if we'd like to do that. Um, and we'll probably have some sound from from some of the press conferences and things. And here's the thing. If you're coming out, if you're still a Liberty fan, I'm sure there's yep. some of you at home that you're planning on coming out later in the week. Bring it on. We want to see you out at the pep rally on Saturday night. Um, I have here. Stand by. Saturday. I think Saturday I believe it's Saturday night at the team hotel. Uh, we want to see you. We're going to be out there taping a podcast during the pep rally. You know what I'm so going to do? Come on out. We want to meet you guys. You know what I'm going to do during that? I've been working on for like two weeks. I've been working on my uh, pregame speech. Yes. Joe's been hyping this for a while. Wait. Yeah. We want to hear Joe's speech. Are you doing it in the locker room or on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) In the locker room. And now, we're getting ready to play the biggest bowl game (laughs) in the history of Liberty football. And I want to bring in and get you guys fired up. Here's from Alcova Morgan. (laughs) He does the podcast for us. (laughs) He's a heck of a guy. <laughs> Take it, Joe. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for that great introduction. If any of you are looking for a hey, home, hey, I guys. have a guy yeah. for you. Joe Yock here. How about uh, those rates, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I Can will you? be. No, no. What, what's the deal with those high rates? <laughs> wait, wait. He's a guy with the high rates. <laughs> Go after him. Yeah. They run me out of there. Yeah. Whatever. Not my fault. The rates aren't my fault. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no, I got a pregame speech. Good. You I'm, look into the I'm, look into I'm, the heart of uh, Flames I'm, Nation. Yeah, yeah, we might need I'm another gonna, camera. I'm gonna for get that. them. Yeah. I'm gonna get them. No, we'll have up. we'll have Donald zoom in on you. You may have to yeah. do. I may get up and start moving during that speech. So just okay. be ready. So the pep rally is Saturday, December 30th at 4:30 p.m. Mountain Time. It's at the Cypress Court at the Scottsdale Plaza. Yeah, that's the team. So hotel. that's the team hotel. Flames football pep rally. Um, I think we are going to just set up right in the center of it. Do it. Like, the band is going to have to go around us. Yeah, we're surrounded by the band. So, I mean, we're important, so that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, What else do we have? That's it. That's it? That's all we got? That's all we got? Much more coming here in a couple of days. Oh, wait, we got a guest performance right now. You know what, people? You just never know what's going to happen on the Flame Central know. podcast powered by Alcova Mortgage. We had a line of people that wanted to come on, but nope. James Crepia, he is here. He jumped to the front of the he, line. He's the Crepster. It's Crepomania, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. You kidding God. me? Yeah. You're, you're, already, you're already charting new territory. Oregon Beat Rider. That's a great line. It's Crepomania, yes, baby. You know, uh, James is co-workers with Bill, who got all the Flames fans oh, and a yeah. little, Bill you know. You and Bill buddies? Bill and I have been working together for uh, <laughs> about yeah. nearly two years yeah. now, and Bill's Bill is uh, uh, he does what columnists do. Yes, yeah. he stirs Bill, the pot. Bill does lots of things very well, uh, and uh, he expresses himself uh, in all kinds of creative ways. And sometimes uh, I wish my coworkers talked about me like this. You know, and, and look, he's a he's a, a funny guy. He's the king of dad jokes. By his own admission. Oh, really? Oh, I got a couple. Oh, corn it is. It, he is a, me, a bit of a cornball in yeah. that way. I got um, you. But uh, when uh, when he sees an opening and an opportunity to uh, uh, address the topic that needs addressing, which at the time of the bowl announcement was for or, or our audience, uh, 
how in the world was this matchup constructed? Yeah. Uh, and to try to do it in a little bit of a different creative way, uh, albeit, yes, as you mentioned, probably got some people's blood boiling. Um, again, that, you know, hey, yeah. uh, uh, he has he has the freedom and uh, dare I say liberty uh, to express ah, himself uh, yeah. as a, as a columnist. Ah, yeah, yeah. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is her favorite. Yeah, R. Yeah. You thought it'd be R, but it's really the C. Yeah. See, so you opened yeah. the door. You can tell yeah, him yeah. I said yeah. that. So oh, believe me. That is he'll, so good. He'll be here in mere days. Yeah, you can, you know, I can't wait yourself. to see him. Yeah. You know what I'm excited for, yeah. Bill? Because I read Bill's articles. Yeah. You know, I, I read the all article. All of a sudden, Joe went through the, all the I went and read the article James about the stolen violin. You read the stolen violin article? Yeah, a guy, Bill wrote a great article about some guy got his violin stolen. He's going to go perform for the kids, got his violin stolen, he had to track it back down. It's a great it, article. It moved. It moved me. It I moved got emotional more. during the article. <laughs> I, I, Let's I get back to the guy. So, James, how excited were you when you saw Liberty Organ flash out? What, what was yeah, the reaction from the fan base? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, for me, for me to speak on behalf of fans, because yeah. I'm yeah. I'm just doing a job. I mean, I, you know, I'm... I'd be at wherever the the game was and whoever the matchup was and whatever the destination was and all the yes. like. But um, no, for for fans, uh, I mean, the immediate reaction really it hasn't slowed down much. Frankly, it's probably going to reignite a, a bit this week. Yeah, uh, because, well, it reignite uh, flames. <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't even try it on that yeah. one. Uh, but <laughs> this probably is because people are going to be like, oh yeah, wait, why is it happening? Uh, was how and why, and not as a not and it had nothing to do with, with sure. Liberty specifically. It was more about, I think. For especially uh, more casual fans, yeah. But but especially Paxful fans and a good, a good swath of the Oregon fan base, there is kind of the perception that if you make it to a New Year's Six bowl, that you don't just deserve to have a good bowl game if you have a good season, but you deserve to have a good opponent if you have a good season, and that the design is to make the optimal matchup for just that team. And forget everybody else is in New Year's Six bowls. We're not concerned about whether they right, have good right, matchups. Right. Top teams in the New Year's Six weren't in the playoff. They deserve the absolute best matchup, the highest ranked possible opponent, which is not in any way, shape, or form how the playoff is constructed, not what its protocol is, not how the matchups are designed. Right. And uh, in trying to understand how the matchup was built, quite honestly, I thought it was fairly intuitively obvious that Oregon was going to be at the Fiesta once it lost the Pac-12 title game and that Oregon was going to be playing the top-ranked Group of Five champion by the, play by the committee in this game, regardless. Um, now, how and why the committee chose Liberty versus SMU at the end, that's for them to talk about one way or the other. And that's, I know, they lost part, today, of, by part the of way. their talking point. <laughs> um, I, I, so you'd say, like, what was my reaction on that day? Uh, one, there was a brief, briefly a report that SMU was the opponent. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I happen to know SMU's head coach so uh, from a past life. So I literally had a text. I didn't even tell Rhett this yet. Um, I'll tell, tell him now this game's over. I literally had... In, it was texting Rhett Lashley to say, hey, look forward to seeing you in, in Phoenix. And I never sent it. And then when oh. it came on the screen, I went, well, I saved myself a little bit of embarrassment <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, I mean, you didn't know until the end. But, yeah, like I say, for a brief moment there, there was a report circulating that, that it was. So in terms of my own reaction, I, one way or the other, I knew it was A or B kind of thing. But to me, once they lost the Pac-12 title game, like I say, I was fairly – fairly certain that because of geography, because of once FSU especially was left out um, and, and was automatically going to go to the Orange Bowl and then therefore George is going there, you had six teams for the three other games and 
Ohio State was going to get placed geographically at an advantageous spot. Oregon's next. <laughs> They're obviously going to be as far west as possible. Uh, and then it became the only argument was whether or not Missouri was at the Cotton Bowl or the Peach. But one way or another, that was only going to reverse where Ole Miss was going. It had no impact. Like the group, of, whoever was the next Group of Five champion was going to be given the least advantageous situation, whoever it was. Yeah. So that's how and why we ended up here. But that was with the reaction. It's all the only way of saying. Room on the clock, what were we at, three weeks ago, uh, roughly? Almost four weeks ago? Yeah, the reaction was, how and why is this, and why is it that Ole Miss and, uh, and Penn State get a great matchup in the Peach, but they're lower ranked than Oregon, and Oregon gets this, and how, well, Oregon State, their coach is just leaving, and now they're getting to play Notre Dame, and that's a, you know, that was what the Oregon fan base reaction was, was like teams that finish lower than us, and I say us as fans, like I, <laughs> teams that finish lower than the Ducks uh, got – perceived better matchups than higher ranked opponents than this is not because they know one thing or the other or could name anybody at Liberty or not. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do simply with their view and it yeah. going, Liberty's used why? to it. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm but well, like I say, it, wasn't, it had nothing to do with, I'm, like, right. if it was SMU, yeah. they would have been like, well, you know, that's a team heading back to the ACC and, you know, okay, it's yeah. the top right. group five champ, but they had, you know, a little bit more familiarity. But while Liberty has played, Power five teams over the last couple of years with some wins and some success, right. particularly in the South, uh, hasn't really branched out to take on a lot of Pac. Well, <laughs> won't be taking on any Pac-12 anytime in the Miss that chance. <laughs> uh, but uh, but hasn't really branched out to the yeah. West Coast. Uh, so it wasn't a brand that uh, that many on the West Coast were all that familiar with, other than yes, the avid fan who knows and yeah. you know yes, obviously was familiar with Hugh or had seen some of the bigger games or knew that Malik Willis was over there and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But again, now we're, now we're going into the many layers deep right. of the college football fandom. All right, tell me this because I, I, obviously no one knows this Oregon program better than you do covering them every day. But we look at all the gaudy numbers. We look at just the domination they had throughout the season, basically against anybody besides Washington. As you look at this game, is there an area where you feel like this is one spot where if it's going to be a game – this is something that could could turn in Liberty's favor or they could take advantage of to make it a game uh, here on Monday. To me, the compelling part is the strength versus strength in this game. It's, look, this is the number one rushing offense in the country. Yeah. I understand against the competition, like, you still have to do it. Right. It's tough to do what Liberty does in a running attack, and I understand the option. I understand why it's difficult. I understand why a lot of coaches in other leagues tried to get, get Paul Johnson started to talk about the triple option right. and why teams wanted to get rid of it and, um, you know, blocking below the waist and all that kind of stuff. I get why it's a challenge. Um, and I've seen it played against really good teams, against Alabama, against Auburn, against, you know, the like. Um, on one hand, in a bowl game, you get weeks to prepare for mm -hmm. it as opposed to just in the middle of the season. Um, but that's tough. Yeah. That's hard. And I don't care who you're playing. Like, you, you know what you do really well, and you do it really well, and you have the athletes to do it and have success uh, when they have the lanes. I understand about speed and talent and everything else. Their triple option run game is obviously what makes this offense operate. And they're really effective at it. And they're really good at it. Some of the players involved are really athletic guys. As good as Oregon's run defense is, and it is statistically borderline outstanding. Yeah. And depending on how they do against this running attack, um, they will either, <laughs> for the first time in program history, finish a season holding opponents to less than 100 yards rushing a game or very nearly in the realm of best season program history. The two results, obviously, that they don't want to talk about as much and aren't as thrilled about is that, yeah, against a great team in Washington, that was the one running back who topped 100 yards, and he did it twice. 
He went for over, I think, 150 in the Pac-12 title game on a bad leg. Mm. So if Jordan, particularly if Jordan Birch doesn't play, and we don't know yet, we'll see in the next couple of days at open periods of practice, uh, which we haven't been at for a minute, whether or not he's really back or how limited or not. Uh, but that's their best perimeter edge defender uh, and, and setting on the edge in particular. Now, do they have depth behind that? Do they have talent? Abs absolutely. But to me, if, if you're saying, where is, where is there an area where this could be at least potentially competitive and more competitive than maybe what is expected or whatever? Look, that's their biggest strength. Oregon did not do particularly great in quarterback runs. This is a different style, so it's not just a matter of saying like, oh, well, you know, go back comparing it to Texas Tech. This is this offense is nothing like the Texas <laughs> other than the idea of like RPO, but like that, no, it's it's really not that similar. Um, but a whole lot of teams who Liberty plays doesn't don't play exactly, you know, opposing offenses what they do. But what they do is really effective, obviously. So if they are down, some of their better defenders against the run, and you know, the triple option is it's daunting under good circumstances. On one hand, you have time and a bowl. On the other hand, I'm not saying they do or they don't. Motivation is always a question in bowl games. Yeah. And I'm yeah, not saying Oregon doesn't have it, it yeah. but it just always is. It, yeah. <laughs> you see it all the time. You see games where it's like, well, that defense was dominant or really good for most of the year. And then all of a sudden, they you know, let up a whole ton of yards. Or that team was without all these guys. And all of a sudden, they were in a competitive spot or whatever. This is a part of the Oregon coaching staff that here. is having is, issues questioning the motivation. Oh, well, that or, that or uh, Connor Stallions just threw in um, <laughs> yeah. one, one or the other. But, but yeah. do you, being around the team, you know, the last few weeks, do you feel a sense of there's like a lack of motivation from the Oregon no. guys? Or? No, I, I, don't, I don't sense that at all. And, and, and look, we haven't talked to... <laughs> we, we, haven't talked, we haven't talked to everybody just yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't, um, admittedly, on, on campus in terms of interviews. We, uh, I thought rightfully, uh, we talked to a lot of the true freshmen we hadn't had a chance to speak to yet this season. So we got a lot of those initial interviews done on campus and a little bit of a more compact audience. Uh, so talking to some of the defensive guys today, look, to me, if, if there were questions about motivation, then I think you would have seen more opt-outs. Yeah. And opt-outs because of, not because of health or you know, draft stock in particular. I think you would have seen a larger mass exodus because of that. We haven't had that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the, the, the questions that remain, we were talking about this a couple of hours ago, but questions that remain in terms of who may or may not play or who might not be available have nothing to do with motivation, have to do with health. Yeah. It's, it's, did this guy who just got hurt or did this guy who missed the last couple of games, are they, or did somebody who played through an injury, are they healthy enough to play or are they gonna sit out for precautionary reasons and other reasons or whatever, whatever the case may be? But it has nothing to do with, oh, I don't want to play this game because this isn't going to help me or this isn't going to be that competitive or nothing like that. The guys who've opted out are either, like I say, in a, in a spot situationally for, for the draft that it makes all the sense in the world uh, mm -hmm. and or guys who were hurt um, and playing hurt. And then it got to a point where it's like, well, if you were in their shoes, you, you wouldn't matter who the opponent was, you wouldn't be playing in this game because, you know, if you have a separated shoulder or whatever the case is. So, uh, no, I don't get even remotely get a sense uh, that coaches or players that anybody's lacking motivation for Oregon's purposes. As you get closer to this game and, you know, the weeks have built up here, what's your, and looking at both teams, what's your gut feeling on this game, on how it will go? And is this a game like, yeah, I feel confident, 17 and a half point spread, whatever it is now, it's probably growing further than that. But yeah, Oregon will cover the spread, or hey, this could be a tight ball game. What does your gut feeling tell you? Well, I, I certainly preface by saying uh, I, I do.
do not, uh, and I don't judge anybody who does, but uh, don't take in any way uh, what I have to say by way of anything related to finances or, or you know, <laughs> yeah. decisions. Yeah, yeah. you're on the same right. right. yeah. yeah. that's, that's for a different realm yeah. entirely. So, so wait, yeah. 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 You can wade into those waters you at, your own, at your own peril. Um, I, yeah, I, way I, to I blow my per diem this week. Yeah, I don't get into any of that at all. For those who do, you know, have, have at it, but yeah, that, that's not my repertoire. But um, aware of it, but yeah, I don't, I don't engage with it. Um, but no, what my, my feelings, my thoughts on it are simply is that Oregon's one of the best teams in the country and they played like it all year. And yeah, they lost to one of the teams who's in the playoff. And that's the only team they did lose to. And every other game they had competitive advantages. And frankly, they were pretty even with Washington both, both right. games. And they lost some of their best players in both games. And them's the breaks. Like, that's not excuses. Like, Washington's a darn good team and We'll see what happens in the playoff. They're as live a bullet to me as, as any in that tournament. But Oregon was right there with them in, in two games, on the road and in a neutral site. Bottom line, like, they're really good. And they played really good all year. All right, they came up short in that, you know, against that one opponent twice. But matched up with virtually anybody who's not one of those four playoff teams, or if everybody was healthy and everybody was playing, you know, a Florida State or a Georgia, there's not very many teams in the country who I give a, a significant competitive advantage against right, Oregon. Right. Um, and virtually any of them are also in either, again, the playoff or one or two of the other New Year's Six games. Um, so like I say, whether it was Liberty, whether it was SMU, whether it was whoever, uh, I, I didn't think there was a G5 team who matched up particularly right, well right. Uh, with, this, with this Oregon team. And it has nothing to do with just any one player or oh, well, Bo Nix was a Heisman finalist, and obviously this offense is terrific. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, when you're talking about a matchup, in this case with a G5 team, I think it's more about not just the high-end talent, it's where's the floor. It's, right, where, it's the right, depth. Right. And goes back thing to that, that chart. The, yeah. the, and how and why Oregon went from uh, the team that it was a year ago, which was good, uh, to being, you know, bordering on great this season at times was the volume of depth. Yeah. The depth that they added, the experience they added via the portal, uh, the caliber of freshman talent that they added, and some of whom played a lot um, in, in some really prominent roles and played well. Uh, and a few others who haven't had a chance to play just yet, but because of opt-outs and injuries sure. and like, uh, very well could see significant action. And all right, you know, that's that's part of for my audience, uh, what they're rather excited about. When yeah. you have a five-star receiver who hasn't played very much due right. to injury, all of a sudden is on the two deep and, like I say, could have a significant role in this game. There aren't – forget about this season's schedule. Even in the past couple of seasons when Liberty was independent but playing against some of those Power 5 teams, there aren't too many of those teams who had the number two receiver right. in the right. prior class, a five-star, suddenly on the two deep right. for the bowl game. Like, that just wasn't – that. oh, yeah, well, you know, the league they're playing Liberty, well, you know, by the way uh, – an all-American track star might be on the two deep. Right. Oh, okay. That's well, James, just, I was cool. excited about the bowl game. Um, <laughs> hey, look, so, you get to see, get to see Really looking forward to it. One way or another. But. I was going to say, we need a, you're from New York. Let's find a place to get you a slice, but mm, looks well, like our schedule's that. booked. I, I <laughs> no, a good friend of mine, Cipri Fontaine, once told me. Good friend. Good friend. To give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. <laughs> uh, now I'm getting emotional. You know what? 
If you get to do the pregame speech, if Jamie Chadwell lets you do the pregame speech, I'm going to get the team together. I'm going to get the team together, and they can all watch Steve Prefontaine's movie before. Why are you? This is her only Oregon reference. Oh, my gosh. I always come up with the best ideas at the last minute. Because do you know Steve Prefontaine's story? Like how everybody wore, like, stop free? I've been familiarized. Yeah. Living in Eugene, I have been. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. But that's why, you know, The Rock. and Don't get me emotional. But we should had those shirts with the stop sign that said stop liberty on them it's like a i know it's a running thing i'll tell you about it after we got it's a really good motivational movie though so maybe flames nation we can just get some underdog (laughs) juices flowing since james just like you know extinguished our (laughs) hopes and dreams i lost all my money on the bet yeah no i'm just joking Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate your insight. Crepomania, and where can baby. people where can Crepomania. people read your stuff? James, where can people read your work? Uh, crepomania.com. <laughs> yeah, Crepomania. I, mean, I think we got the trademark this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we really set it up here for yeah, you. Yeah, do you uh, like crepes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I love that, crepes. That's why the clock back to a, yeah. a real bygone era nickname from a million years ago. Uh, no, it's like go to OregonLive.com, and that's where, uh, again, if you don't want to read my stuff, I'm sure that once Bill arrives, <laughs> that everyone will want to ring out, you know, 2023 yeah. and ring in the new year, um, raising their blood arm. pressure just a little bit more. Yeah, uh, little belly boy. Yeah. It, but uh, like I say, I, I will definitely pass on the well wishes to him. I'm, I'm sure he feels the love already from El Paso. Oh no, he's yeah. gonna feel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick him up from the airport. <laughs> I'm picking him up from the airport. Yeah, you have baggage claim? Hmm, hmm, we lost your bag, Billy. Uh, James. <laughs> Thanks again for hanging out with us. Looking forward to getting to know you the next couple of days. For James and Joe, we'll be back, by the we'll way. Be we'll be back in a couple of days, so we'll send out some. What you going to do when Crepomania runs wild on you? Okay. For James, Joe, <laughs> time to wrap it up. and Matt, I'm Emily. We'll see you next time.